story. Working with flyer. When you just zone out, you put your music on and you just chat. Excuse me, is this your taxi? You can't mistake their anthology, a girl's allowed commentary podcast from The Record Doctor. Whenever you're ready. Greetings and salutations, my fellow allowders, and welcome to episode 10 of You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, the Record Doctor's Girls Aloud commentary podcast. My name is Adam Eve, and I'm your friendly host here on the pod, and this month's episode, I'm doing things slightly differently to what you're used to from me on the pod. As you can tell by the episode's title, I've labelled this a mixtape episode, as that's really very much what it is. A total mixed bag of discussion points and two separate conversations with fellow allowders such as yourselves. My first chat being with the gorgeous Hannah, who sits down with me to share her experience at the Race for Life charity event held in our beautiful Sarah's memory. But I'll also be chatting to the wonderful Ryan, who is a much younger fan of the girls, who joins me in the virtual studio to have a chinwag about the huge differences in the allowed fan experience for somebody at his age versus somebody like me, who's, let's just say, much older. (laughs) This was a great conversation, and I'm really, really happy with the way it turned out. Particularly so as we had never spoken before face-to-face, just really online through Twitter. And the chemistry, pun absolutely intended, (laughs) was really, really great. I make more than a few references to being a young fan of Madonna through the 80s and 90s, which related, interestingly, to Ryan's experiences as a young Aloud fan. Also this episode, I will be sharing details on how you can win a very, very rare Australian radio promo CD single of biology and just talking a whole lot of history. (laughs) But oh my goodness, first of all, I really have to apologise for my absence these past two months. I... Lost my beautiful dog, Chloe, of 15 years to cancer in August, and it just really, really hit me in a way that I I can't quite explain. Pandemic has continued to be quite lonely for me, as my spinal injury hasn't gotten much better, meaning that I can't really drive medium to long distances for the time being, and most of my friends live medium to long distance away. And because of that, my little Chloe was my everything and so very important to have in my life. She was my best, best friend in the whole world after my delightful mum and the sweetest, most caring soul. She was 15. She was definitely an older dog, but she had also been given the all clear in terms of her health only a few months earlier. So when we suddenly found out she had amassed quite a number of tumours throughout her body, It was just so beyond painful and hard, but also a huge shock. And it all happened very fast as well. I'll be honest, I'm still not even at 80% of who I used to be. And I miss her every single moment of every day. And I still can't bring myself to remove her bed from my room. So to say that I was experiencing and still am experiencing deep grief would be a bit of an understatement. On top of all that, my back got worse, a lot worse, and my back is pretty bad with uh, discs slipped and a deteriorating spine that can sometimes leave me unable to get out of bed in the mornings. 
it is what it is and I'm working slowly on rehabilitation, but God, it's just a lot of hard work. And right now, as I chat to you all, my beautiful grandfather is in hospital and look, I don't think it's looking that great. He's my last remaining living grandparent too, so to say that things have been a bit rocky physically and mentally would also be an understatement. That's nervous laughter. Uh, But I want to take this moment to thank you all so, so much for the lovely words of support during this time. Uh, The comments, the DMs, many of which I promise I will reply to, yeah, I promise, the outpouring of love and the reassurance that I could take my time recovering has meant an awful, awful lot to me. This fan base is exceptionally loving and caring. I would say one of the most exceptionally loving and caring in the pop world, and much like my beautiful Chloe was. So honestly, I cannot thank you all enough. My fellow allowed is you truly are the best bunch of people, and I am so, so grateful to have you all listening to the podcast and have you in my life. Speaking of the best people, I'd just like to quickly mention the wonderful Reddit group. Is that right? Is that what it's called? A group? Look, I don't know. I had never written a single word on Reddit until a couple of days ago when I joined this group. I'm talking, of course, about the Reddit group r slash allowders lovely group of people talking all things girls aloud and massive massive supporters of this podcast so if reddit's your thing and god knows it isn't mine but i will be making some appearances on there when i can head on over to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash allowders and join in on the conversation Okay, so on the podcast socials just a few days ago, at Aloud Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, I announced an exciting new pod giveaway, letting you know that you need to listen to this here episode to find out how to actually enter. Well, let me tell you quickly what's up for grabs. I have one spare copy of the incredibly rare 2006 Australian radio promo CD single, of biology to give away to one very lucky listener of You Can't Mistake Their Anthology. Now, this two-track promo disc comes in a clear plastic case and plays perfectly. It's also something that I've seen in the past sold on eBay for an absolute mint. Uh, Hundreds from what I remember when I saw it last. So to call this an allowed rarity, I mean... Rightfully so. (laughs) I got this for free when I was working at FM 94.7 The Pulse and got my second copy of it as a writer at the time for Forte magazine. Obviously, I have two copies and I don't necessarily need both. So, here's your chance to snatch this bad gal up for yourselves. But what do I need to do, Adam? I hear you all ask. Well, it's really very simple. I need you to answer three and a half questions relating to previous episodes of You Can't Mistake Their Anthology and send your three answers to me by email. Now, I will not be accepting any entries that come through direct messages on Twitter or Instagram. I really just want to keep all the entries in the one place so it's a lot easier to manage. So, entering the competition, the email address is girlsalloudpodcast at gmail.com obviously girls allowed podcast being all one word but before you rush over to send me an email i'm going to tell you about the 3.5 questions that you need to answer or rather share the questions with you so first up question one 
On episode four, what is the chemistry album track that I share is the only chemistry album track and non-single to have its own Wikipedia page? Question two. On episode five of the podcast, covering the girls' B-sides, when talking about Memory of You, what is the name of the trance music act that originally recorded the track first, and what was the song originally titled when first released in 2004? And finally, on episode six, when I had the incredible opportunity to interview Paul West from Form Design and Branding UK on their work with the girls' visuals, what was the name of the pop band Paul mentions Form worked with through Polydor before Girls Aloud came to be? And that's that. The 3.5 questions you need to answer successfully to enter this competition. Send your entries via email only to girlsaloudpodcast at gmail.com. That's girlsaloudpodcast at gmail.com. The winner will be announced in December's episode of You Can't Mistake Their Anthology. Let's talk about the vinyl news. In an amazing turn of events, through the Girls Aloud website, you can now pre-order yourself a 7-inch vinyl copy of the girls' groundbreaking debut single, Sound of the Underground. Now, I haven't had a chance to pre-order this as I'm still not working with thanks to my spinal injury, but I am hoping to pop in a pre-order this Friday, God willing, that that is still available by then. Uh, The vinyl news comes ahead of the single's 20th anniversary, of course, and the 20th anniversary of Girls Aloud's creation. Now, this is going to be capped strictly to 5,000 copies, so please, please leave me at least one so I can pre-order it on Friday. And uh, quite amazingly, we'll feature a never-before-heard alternate vocal version of Sound of the Underground as the single's B-side. Not only that, but, and I quote from the girls' website... Girls Aloud and their record company Polydor will be donating 100% of the profits received from the sale of the 7-inch record to the Sarah Harding Breast Cancer Appeal, which is a part of the Christie Charitable Fund. Subject to a minimum payment of £5 for each 7-inch record sold in the UK. End quote. Not only is this 7-inch single a very rare opportunity to grab one of the most historically important pop songs of all time on wax, but it's also a great way to support the fight against breast cancer. The vinyl's release date is scheduled for the 9th of December and is hopefully a sign of things to come relating to the girls' albums finally being pressed and released on vinyl. Obviously, I'll keep you all updated. Keeping on with the Girls Aloud charity movement, Nadine, Cheryl, Nicola and Kimberly have further teamed up with the UK retail giant Primark and have launched a range of pyjamas that are not only in honour of our beloved Sarah, but also in aid of fundraising for the Sarah Harding Breast Cancer Appeal and Cancer Research UK. The gorgeous navy PJs went on sale across the UK on October the 5th and... Look, by now we've all seen that incredible group photo of our gals modelling them and rightfully decked out in high heels. I mean, absolute campery and totally girls allowed. The hair all blown out and the heels up high in this picture really capture the essence of girls allowed. And I'm just very, very grateful for that series of photos. Talking of the Primark collaboration, on Cheryl's Instagram she said, quote... Before Sarah passed away, we promised her that we would fulfil her wish of raising money for vital research to help determine young women between the ages of 29 and 40 who could be at risk of breast cancer with no genetic history. 
These pyjamas with Primark will raise a significant amount of money to help us achieve our promise to her. End quote. If you haven't already, please go out and get yourselves a pair of these gorgeous PJs. I know if I could, and if they'd made them in my size, (laughs) I would have multiple pairs by now. And uh, if you've got your PJs already, send me a picture on the socials. I'd love to see you all decked out in your PJs. Of course, the socials are at Allowed Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) On the 8th of October 2022, and on behalf of the Sarah Harding Breast Cancer Appeal, Girls Allowed teamed up with The Londoner, the Christie NHS Foundation Trust and Cancer Research UK to put on a glittering charity gala event in the memory and in honour of our beautiful Sarah. Fittingly called to the Primrose Ball, the event went on to raise over 400,000 British pounds with performances on the evening from our very own Nicola Roberts, Years and Years' Ollie Alexander, Will Young and the Kaiser Chief's Ricky Wilson. Presented by Fern Cotton, the event also featured a live auction hosted by Johnny Gould, with one of the items being a truly gorgeous canvas painting of Sarah by the Connor Brothers. Originally, there was discussion that Chrissy Hind of The Pretenders would be performing, but it seems that didn't eventuate. I don't know if she just ended up being a guest or just last minute couldn't make it, but it was next to impossible to find anything relating to her attendance. However, there's quite a bit of coverage on YouTube with thanks to screen recording allowders on the gram. So if you'd like to see Nicola, Ollie or Will's performances, you can see large sections of them on YouTube. So first up, Ollie performed years and years tracks Starstruck and King, as well as covering Girls Aloud hits Call the Shots and The Promise. Then Ricky from the Kaiser Chiefs performed I Predict a Riot, which was a track Girls Aloud famously covered, or rather infamously, and the Aloud's Love Machine. Now, I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but it did slightly upset me just a little bit that Ricky had to keep glaring at a sheet of the song's lyrics on the stage as he performed Love Machine. I mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal, but it just felt a bit sloppy, and I kind of felt as though Sarah's memory and the event itself deserved a little more respect than that. I personally don't think he should have performed the song at all if he didn't know the words or wasn't going to commit to learning them before the event. I don't know, fam. What do you all think? You know, I guess at least he showed up and performed, which is more than I think we can say about Hind. (laughs) But speaking of, then the incredible Will Young performed a truly beautiful version of I'll Stand By You that looks like, in short, there wasn't a single dry eye at the gala. And of course, our beautiful Nicola performed a cover of the Hillsong United track, Oceans. As I mentioned earlier, you can see all of these performances almost in full via a very quick little search on YouTube. I'd also very quickly like to mention that I'd heard that the wonderful Australian icon and national treasure Kylie Minogue donated most, if not all, of the wine everybody got stuck into at the gala, which I think was absolutely lovely seeing as she obviously couldn't make it physically herself. All in all, this event was a roaring success and one the girls should be very proud of. As I said, raising over 400,000 British pounds. I just know that Sarah's smiling down on them with love and pride at the way that they've kept their promise to her. On Sunday, the 24th of July, thousands of people took part in the Race for Life 5K charity run event an event held in Sarah's honour at London's Hyde Park. 
Kicking off at 11am, the girls themselves, bar Kimberly, who participated remotely, so to speak, attended the event and it was just so, so heartwarming to see online how huge the turnout really was. It was a very hot day in London, I believe, as well, so massive kudos to everyone who participated even through that scorching heat. Obviously, it's a little hard for me to report on this event, as I just wasn't there and couldn't be, and in my attempts to find out how much money was raised from it, I just kept hitting dead ends. However, thanks to huge supporter of the podcast, Valentin, aka VCH01 on Reddit, I was able to get some press office contact details for Cancer Research UK, and while they had not gone back to me by the time I released this episode, I have emailed them, and if I get some figures back, I'll report on them both via socials and on the next episode. But to give those of us listening who perhaps weren't able to make the event, much like me, because Australia, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome a longtime supporter of the podcast, Hannah Kelson. Hello, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you doing? Really, really good, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the podcast to have a chat about the Sarah Walk for Life charity event. Really excited. It's, it's I'm just excited to be on as well because I've been listening to it and it's just an honour to be part of it and to be talking about a day that was so special. Oh, well, yes, definitely. Thank you again. Um, I guess, first of all, I want to start off and say how was your day and I guess when they announced it was it just immediate that you were going to participate yeah absolutely I saw it come up on all their Instagrams and things and I was just so glad that I could actually make it on that day because I think I'd have been absolutely gutted if I couldn't Um, so it just all worked out really well and it just worked out as well that I was in London the day before so it was perfect I could just stay over and take part and yeah I just knew that I had to be there and be part of it with everyone so what time did you get there? Um, I think I got there about half an hour before it started. So it started at, I think it was 11. So right. I got there about half past 10. Um, and there was already quite a few people there. Um, I think the, the girls were all already there and there was just music playing. It was just already like a really lovely atmosphere. And amazing. you could already tell it was just a celebration of Sarah's life. And yeah, it was just amazing. Which is what the fans needed for an event like that. And I think Sarah's legacy and everything that she was about that that's the perfect way to honor her and her spirit so yeah so okay so you get there around then and so the girls jump on stage and that happens just before the event kicks off is that correct yeah so they did because there was actually another race going on at the same time so there were some people there that weren't just there for this race um right they did kind of a warm-up thing. I think they do that before all the race for life. So they tried to warm everyone up and got everyone ready to go. And then they brought on the girls to do their little introduction and they were the ones that started the race off. They had the, the horns and things and yes. they did the countdown and started everyone off. So how long did the race go for you? Um, I walked most of it. Just It was so hot that day as well. <laughs> yeah, it's about, I think it was about 30 degrees, which for the UK is very hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was about, I want to say about 45 minutes right. walking around. And then I did run the last bit. I was like, I want to run across the finish line. So I did do uh, that. Nice, nice. Good on you. Good on you, guys. <laughs> Not have been able to do it, especially in <laughs> the heat. Oh, no. Yeah, I was so impressed watching people run the whole way around. I was like, I don't know how you're doing this. 
I'd, str I'd struggle in the heat walking the whole way around, much yeah. less running the whole way around. Oh, my I know, goodness. I know. <laughs> so did you get to talk to many of the other fans that were there and how they were feeling about the event? Yeah, it's really nice because I've got a lot of friends in the fan base. I mean, two of my really close friends I've known for years were there as well and just other people I've got to know over the years. So it's just really nice that we could actually all do it together and could go around. It wasn't doing it on your own. We could kind of talk about our memories as we went round. And then obviously everyone was going at different paces. So you'd bump into other people on the way. And yeah, it was just a really nice community feel. It's just nice to, because we are like a little family in a fan base really, aren't we? It's just nice to yeah. have an event that we could all do together and or just catch up and just reflect on all of our amazing memories that we've got. Right, right. And of course, being in the UK, you would have so, so many amazing memories associated with Absolutely. the girls and seeing the girls. Do you have any particular stories that stick out for you as being a fan in the thick of it? In terms of um, like what I've gone to see and things, I think the Tangled Up tour is always going to be really special to me. That's the one that's always stood out. Um, I was really lucky because I was actually only six when Girls Aloud got together. I was, God. I watched it, <laughs> I watched it um, on Pop Stars Arrivals with my family and I was just lucky that my mum really liked them as well. So she would take me to all of the shows. So I managed right. to, even I was so young, I got to experience all of the tours and things. But yeah, nice. that tangled up entrance every time it just gives me goosebumps and so good. Yeah, just so special. <laughs> I'm so glad that the day was a huge, huge success and everyone's spoken so kindly of it and so amazingly of it. How did you feel when you went through that finish line? <laughs> yeah, it was just amazing. I think on the day, I expected it to be more emotional in a way, but I think because it was just more of a celebration, we were all just in high spirits and just really mm -hmm. enjoying the experience. So yeah, it was just amazing to cross the finish line and just see everyone else there and just have that celebration. And it was more the next day actually, when they showed all the coverage on the news and they put together a really lovely bit on the, the morning news and they showed clips from um, the 10 tour of Whole, um, Whole Lot of History, I think it was, Aww. with Sarah singing at the end. And it was so beautiful and that's when I got really emotional and cried about it. When the girls were there, how was everyone that you were around? Like, how, was everyone just really, really just thrilled and excited and grateful to see them and it was it was really lovely actually because they just did it with everyone it wasn't like they kind of all did it together and kept away from everyone they just joined in with everyone else and because I didn't I didn't see Nadine until the very end because she was about 100 miles behind everyone else by the sounds of it <laughs> she was right at the back chilling but yeah Sharon <laughs> I just <laughs> honestly she was just everyone else to finish and they were like where is Nadine <laughs> That's my girl. That's my girl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that would have been that would have been me dragging behind her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were just going round at their own pace, and I just bumped into them on the way. Like there was one point oh. where where Cheryl, I could just hear her behind me, and I turned around. And I was like, oh, there you are. And then there was a point where I caught up with Nicola as well. Although I did really embarrass myself with Nicola because. I walked straight into the back of home. Oh no! I'm sorry, Nicola, if you ever listen to this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sure she would not have minded at all. <laughs> it, it was just the worst time, and she stopped to take a picture with someone at the exact same time that I'd turn oh. around to look at where my friend was. And I was like, why did I turn around? I needed to look where I was going. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, 
I'll probably stick in her mind for that, but that's fine. Hey, all things happen for a reason. You were meant to bump into her that day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just wanted to show that they just wanted to be a part of it with all the fans and it wasn't any different for them. They were just really in the, the thick of it and that was just really lovely. And I managed to say to them all as well, just I would thank them for doing it and how nice it was that we could actually do something all together right. and just really celebrate Sarah's life and just to share it together. Definitely, definitely. Because I think I know, obviously, the, with the 20th anniversary coming up, yeah. a lot of fans are talking clearly about the anniversary. And I guess there's, there's, I see a lot of fans talking about, you know, how much they would like the girls to reunite as the four mm -hmm. and everything like that. And I think that it's a good idea for all of us to just kind of take a second. I've said this before on the podcast as well, in the sense that, we have this huge history with the girls as you know, this amazing pop group that have that's changed our lives, but they were in this with Sarah. And if and when they decide, that's when we should all start talking about the idea of them reforming. But right now, I just don't think that it's a good idea to talk about it. It's no, needs to be on their terms. It's still so raw. It's it's still so exactly. recent. And it would be a massive thing for them, and it would just it would still feel very very strange for someone that's that's been with them for the twenty years. It just yeah, it just feels right early, I think, and you can tell that they're not ready for it. Definitely so, not. Definitely not. I guess. Do you think that they'll do another event similar to this in the future? Yeah, I think they will. They will do some more fundraising events because. That's what Sarah wanted as well. And yeah. it's just such a good way to raise money for such a good cause. It is obviously so close to all our hearts. So, and I think there will be little things that they'll do just to keep raising that money and keep Sarah's yeah. name alive. I would just open it up to you to, I guess, to say if there's anything that really that you wanted to say about the girls or Sarah or literally opening the floor, opening the mic up to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they've, I've basically grown up with them for the last 20 years. I was six years old and they've always been just a massive part of my life. They've just always been there. Whenever I've needed a pick-me-up, I've just mm -hmm. put on their music or one of their tour DVDs. And yeah, I just can't imagine life without Girls Allowed in it. It's crazy. Right. And the fact that I've met some of my closest friends through them as well, it's just it's a massive part of my life. And yeah. just it's nice to have these opportunities and... That's why I love listening to your podcast as well, because it's just reliving all those memories. And it's like Girls Allowed was one of my favourite subjects to talk about. So just to yes. hear someone else talk about just as much passion as I have, it, it, it is amazing. And just listen back oh. and I just think, oh, I, I, I love those times. And yeah, and Sarah was just incredible. And oh. she, she's just always so, so kind and so thoughtful. And I was just, I just feel so lucky that I managed to meet her the few times that I did. There was a, it was the last time I met her actually. And we, I went to see her in Ghost with a couple of friends and she came out after the show and she had her taxi waiting for her. It, the meter was going and everything. She, she still sat and talked to us for a good 10, 15 minutes. Oh, and wow. She was just, she was just amazing. And yeah, just can't even put it into words, just. How incredible and kind she was and yeah we all really miss her 
We really do. She was the absolute definition of the terms like one in a million and one of a kind, just beyond, beyond. Hannah, thank you for also, not just for coming onto the podcast, but also for saying so many wonderful things about it as well. I really appreciate how much the podcast has resonated with you and so many people and through so many age groups as well, which really has shown me how far the girls reach really, really was and continues to be. Thank you so much. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. And I'll speak to you online. <laughs> lovely talking to you too. And I hope you have a lovely day over there. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Fan and stan culture truly is a fascinating world. And regardless of who you love or perhaps don't, the common bond many of us music fans have is that we are all pretty much obsessed with at least a handful of artists' output. As a very young Madonna fan in the 80s and 90s, thanks to very young parents and a young auntie who basically was a huge Madonna fan until I took all her posters from her wall down as a baby and I became the biggest Madonna fan in the family. <laughs> so my fan experience obviously was quite different to somebody who was, say, in their teens or 20s in the 80s, but even more so for somebody much younger than me that's discovered Madonna this side of the millennium. So it's no surprise that experience would be marginally different for a Girls Aloud fan like myself, who's literally pushing 40, and a Girls Aloud fan just stepping into young adulthood now. A discussion online with my next guest really got me thinking about this topic, so I decided to invite them on to You Can't Mistake Their Anthology so that we could talk about it on the pod to have an open discussion around this topic. But look, let's face it, also to just talk about the greatest pop group of all time, Girls Aloud. It is an absolute joy to welcome the lovely Ryan onto the podcast. Hello, lovely. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited for this. Uh, so am I. Really good, thank you. It's so, so exciting to have you on the podcast. Uh, I'll give people a bit of a rundown. So a couple of months back, we'd both been chatting on the tweets about an idea that you had, yeah. sort of looking at the Allouds work from a younger and sometimes later to discover them fan base. And I thought that that was really a potentially very interesting idea to talk about on the podcast. So here yeah. we bloody are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, oh, it's a long time coming. <laughs> the podcast, honestly, is the highlight of my month. Every month, always oh. coming down to the next one. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, so, look, let's start from the beginning. Talk me through how it was that you actually discovered the girls for the very first time. Well, I remember the Tangled Up tour being on, I don't know if you've heard, 4Music. Like, yes, um, yes. All over here, they had... Um, I think like during like the 2008 time they had the Kylie X to a premiere on there, then they had Tangled Up to a, and I recorded all of these on my mum's Sky Plus player. Right. And I just remember putting it on. Beforehand, obviously growing up in Newcastle, like everyone knows who Cheryl Tweedy was, like she is a national icon and she is practically God up here. <laughs> so I was already aware of Girls Loud and Cheryl, etc. And I just remember recording the Tangled Up chair, like, oh, I quite fancy this. Um, I didn't get tickets to go. I was quite young at the time. I think I was nine, eight. Oh, wow. Tangled Up was on. Um, and I just remember recording it and hit and play and then, like, being serenaded by the sexy No, No, No intro on Tangled oh. Up chair. Life-changing. 
life-changing honestly i had goosebumps i remember my mom was sat next to me and i think her gob was like open as well. i was like <laughs> i was gagged and goofed so i think that was like my first core memory it sounds silly because they've, they've been around for so long since i was like three years old but i could never you know you would hear their songs in the radio but i would never pinpoint oh that's girls aloud until tangled up to her and i was just like wow i was obsessed Right. It was an exciting time to be in and around pop music as well, like you said, yeah. Kylie and everything mm. was going nuts oh, around this time. The golden... Oh, what uh, yeah. I know, I know. I mean, so I can never understand exactly what it's like to grow up as a child through to a young adult with the <laughs> girls, as I was a young adult when they kicked off. But yeah. I guess what I can relate that feeling to is my own experience as a huge Madonna fan virtually since day dot and thanks to a family who were mildly obsessed with Madonna and I of course then took that obsession ran with it and showed them how it was done so <laughs> I can kind of understand that youthful excitement of connecting with life-changing pop divas for the first time it, it shapes you as a person yeah, of course yeah honestly I was just obsessed and you know I used to watch the tangled up to again and again and again I used to wind it back past all the adverts and everything before it was even out on DVD and I think that was the first time someone was just like yeah he's gay you know the girl the girl overboard uh, dance breakdown the whole yeah right uh, I had that down to a tea in my living room Whenever any family member came around, they would get that whole dad's routine down to the core. I would not <laughs> by the back of my hand. Honestly, iconic. And even like the um, something kind of ooh on call where they had like the um, aviate the the glasses on the sunglasses. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had to get a pair of them. I had to get that was part of that on call. Oh, life changing. That that tour is just so iconic. And like. Watching back now, I still get like goosebumps mm -hmm. as if I haven't seen it a hundred times before. It's like every time I watch it, it's like the first time I'm ever watching that show. Right, right. It's that connection that you make with concerts and also you, when you're watching things back like that in pop culture, you sort of think back to what you were doing the first time you watched it. And mm -hmm. like every time I bring it back to Madonna, every time I watch the Bond Ambition Tour, I remember that first time I watched it when I wasn't supposed to in my grandmother's bedroom while everyone else was downstairs, they all thought that I was playing with my cousins, but I was upstairs <laughs> locked in a bedroom watching it because I knew that mum was <laughs> taping it to watch it and cut out the bits that I couldn't see. <laughs> I already saw them. So, and yeah. every time I watch it, I think of that. And every time I watch the 10 tour, obviously I think, I think of my trip to the UK just to go to that fucking tour. You're on the tour DVD, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, I'll stand by you. I'll stand by you, yeah. And I'll <laughs> tell you what, the they definitely included only my best angles because oh there were <laughs> there were some moments during that song where I was like like someone had died. Like <laughs> <laughs> And then I look and the camera was right in my face and it was like, no, oh my God. Did you notice the camera? Pardon? Did you notice the camera? Like, did oh, you notice it? Was, you? It was like literally, like I turned to my right and there's this camera right in my face and I have no idea how long it's been there for either. <laughs> right. I, would, I would love to see the unused footage from that tour. If that was, if that was the best shot of you. Because <laughs> you got a wreck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and the funny thing was, is that that aired 
over in the UK and then the next day in Australia, funnily enough, the day that I arrived home from my trip. So I got home and I was like super jet lagged and I was getting all these messages from people in the UK going, you're on the tour DVD. And I was like, okay, I, I kind of thought that I might end up on it. But then like people that I'd never even met before were messaging me <laughs> going, oh my God, you're on the Girls Aloud tour too. And I was like, oh my and God. And had you seen it yourself? I hadn't seen it yet. Before. I hadn't seen it yet. And then someone sent me like a photo of their TV and I was like, fuck off. And then the next day it was on Australian TV. And was it, was, it, on yeah, it, was on, it was on Channel V here. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the next day. Like, yeah, it was sort of Australia. Couldn't believe, oh, not, not um, Channel V, it was on MTV here, MTV Australia. I could not believe it. It was shown during the day. <laughs> it wasn't at night time or anything. It was on like, yeah, in the afternoon. I remember watching it. I was like, oh my God, there I am. Holy shit, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was nice to see that they used like the nicer. I really would have been distraught if I'd ended up on that DVD looking like I was maybe like a few seconds after that because I reckon that was while I had no idea the camera was there. Was it the 2nd of March that the film? Was it the second show that the film did? Yeah, I think so. Because I remember there were signs up from like the day that I got there and I got there for the first, for that first March 1st show, I think it was. can't remember what the dates were. (laughs) But yeah, I remember getting there and seeing like a sign up saying that there, there was filming. So, but who knows, my memory might be all a blur. I did go to Berlin after those shows. <laughs> I went wow. to Berlin after those three shows and then came back so that I could go to the last show. Did you go to the Liverpool show as well? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, if I don't go to this, like I was like, I'm going to these London ones. If I don't go to this last one, I had a feeling. Yeah, I think we all did. It was in the back of Cheryl's book. <laughs> she let yeah. the cat out the bag. Yeah, I had the feeling, you know, that it was just like probably best to go to this show. And fuck, yeah. little did I know, you know, that that was going to be the last time that I could see them as a unit, which is yeah. so fucked up to say. Yeah, that's n- almost 10 years ago next year. I find it so crazy that this time 10 years ago, like, we had the, can remember the countdown where it was just the five of them walking to the beat of something new. And then they just turned around and it just went black. Oh my God. I can't believe that was 10 years ago. How different do you personally think it is being a fan of the girls coming from a much younger perspective than somebody like myself who's in his extremely late 30s, we'll say? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I think it is? I think like obviously you go into all these um, 10 shows and stuff. Like I I went to the Oakland night in Newcastle and obviously they did three shows there. So after Mm -hmm. the first night, I was just begging my mom, I need to go tonight, I need to go tonight. And it, it was just not having the ability to, you know, when they were down doing Radio 1 interviews and not being able to go down because you were that young. You know, I was only 13 mm. at the time. I, I was not allowed to wander around the streets of London by myself. Right. But I did see, I did have mutuals online that um, were like the same age as me, if not a bit younger, that were going down to Radio 1 and these extra shows. I'm just like, how do your parents let you do this like i am lucky that my mom came with me to that first show and even then i abandoned her to get to the front and she stood with her friend of like a few rows behind i was by myself (laughs) Uh, yeah so i think from that perspective i think if i grew up with them when i was maybe like teens to early 20s i think i would have been at every show that's the sort of person i would have been i'd have been there all the time 
And I don't blame those people that did go every show, especially during the reunion when we knew it was kind of coming to the end. Um, I also think like, you know, like when you have a look on like places like eBay and um, Depop and stuff and people sell like old merch mm. for like hundreds of pounds oh. when, you could get, when you could probably get like, you know, those um, seven inch picture discs that did like wake me up for loving kind, untouchable. Like people sell them for like 60, 70 quid. And I'm just like what I would have done to have been a fan so early on to get these picture discs. I don't even know how much they would have been like 50. 10, 15 pounds? Yeah, they weren't, that, they weren't that expensive. Even for me, when I, because I got all of my Girls Aloud CDs and everything from eBay, but I would look on there as soon as the single came out. Mm. So, like, it was just at normal prices. I've played them a couple of times and they're not the best quality. <laughs> no, no. I, I think Untouchable I um, and Love Machine, they're the only two ones because I think I got a good deal on them. But, you know, when you, you look sometimes and some of like 50, 60 quid, I'm just like, I know Shit. the quality of those picture discs are fucking awful. They are extremely <laughs> awful. They're nice to look at. They're pretty to have on display, but I, would, I never play them. <laughs> it's going to do more damage to the needle yeah. on your record player. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I can understand that. Because I did. I was buying as much as I could when I could. And when I was working, I was like, yeah, as soon as anything came out, I was on top of it and buying it. So, and I had a similar experience again with Madonna growing up with my parents. Because, like, obviously couldn't buy everything. I wanted everything. I, you know, (laughs) couldn't go to the girly show. I so fucking wanted to go to the girly show, you know. So, like, there were all these things that were, like... What was your first Madonna show? Rebel Heart Tour. Rebel, oh my God, so really recent. But technically, well, technically it was supposed to be Rebel Heart Tour, but then she did Tears of a Clown at the start of the tour. Mm -hmm. And so, and we got there like the day before and (laughs) we were right in the front row. She threw her tricycle at Richard and apologized to him before she'd even sung a fucking song (laughs) (laughs) and then at the end during borderline held my hand i've got i've got video footage of her looking right into the phone singing borderline as she's holding my hand and my tattoo um is in the tour dvd as she's holding it (laughs) yeah oh so that was the first time i ever saw her so then seeing the big arena tour the next night, it took a lot of that, how I would have walked into that arena tour without seeing her at Tears of a Clown, that whoa, magic and everything like that. It took that away because it was so intimate the first time that I saw mm-hmm. it, yeah. mm-hmm. that I didn't completely like have a nervous breakdown and lose my mind the first night at the Rebel Heart tour. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the tour, because I went to all of the Australian shows, because I was like... She's probably not coming back. <laughs> she hasn't been back since. She didn't. Cause she did like a little theatre tour, didn't she, with Madame mm. X? Yeah, yeah she no, didn't, she... not quite really with that. No, no. So, um, but yes, that was my um, <laughs> amazing Madonna experience. I must admit, I, yeah, I had an amazing time, and I went to the when I was in Queensland because for some reason in the Queensland shows it was a lot of locals and a lot of locals on the floor. Oh, right. There were people like that were complaining about obviously because she still hadn't been gotten out on stage, and by this point I was used to it, and I was like, I had two like mobile phone like portable chargers in my bag, like I was good, and I was literally like yelling at people saying like, go home, 
go home. Like, I'll take your seat. Go home. <laughs> and I remember walking out and Channel 7 were there, the news were there, and they were interviewing people. And that's where that famous clip of that woman, she's like, I've got work tomorrow. Have some respect, Madonna. <laughs> Madonna does not give a... <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, uh, there was one night she was nearly two. <laughs> It's like Michael Jackson's It's like Michael Jackson's wannabe starting something starts playing at like ten to midnight. Like <laughs> <laughs> So I'm surprised because in the UK, like we have concert curfews. Like I'm pretty sure most of the curfews in the UK are like half past ten. Apparently she paid a fine after every show in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she is Madonna. That probably would and, not have made a difference to her. <laughs> oh, she, they, lost, they would have lost so much money just because of the fines. Sydney fined her the most. Because, like, people couldn't get home because there was no public transport. Like, oh, yeah, she, like, shut Sydney down. And so when she the... says that she is an unapologetic bitch, well, there we go. completely. <laughs> so... Let's talk about the girls' input. I know that you definitely have your favourite eras and albums. I'm going to open the floor to you to wax lyrical. Well, their input, it's just, I remember going through like high school and middle school and they would constantly be on repeat all the time, especially the Out of Control album. That album had me on chokehold. I remember getting it for Christmas in 2008 and it wasn't the real copy, it was a... Illegal photo copy. <laughs> um, in, a plastic, in a plastic folder with a paper and cover on top saying Girls Loud Out. So I do have the real one now and I will prove it to you. Um, oh my god, you're I just, <laughs> I just remember that album just having me on chokehold. And I, even to this day, like, the love, I love The Love and Kind. I think The Love and Kind is so underappreciated. And it got a lot of hate. Nicola did not like that song. I want not. words. She did but, not. Apparently she said that she hated it and yeah. she didn't want it to be a single. I love it so much. Mm. It, it did mm. kind of under, I mean, both of those singles, Love and Kind and Untouchable, kind of underperformed, which is crazy to say because they were like, was it number 10 and number 11? That yes. Part, yeah. It's crazy to say they underperformed, but in comparison to their previous ones, those two singles are probably two of my favourites. Especially the six-minute version of Untouchable. Well, yeah. That is sheer pop perfection. And I love the fact when they do... Well, when they did to us, that's quite sad to say now. Um, that they never did the three-minute version. It was the full-on six-minute 50 version with Thank extended you. intro. And it was just... They they knew that's what we wanted. I mean, that three-minute version. It's good to hear in a club, I think. Like, obviously, if Untouchable was played in a club, I think the three-minute version is the way to go. But... To hear that full six-minute version live, oh, with oh. all of it, beautiful, absolutely stunning. What a song! I remember the go- just goosebumps that first time I heard "Untouchable," and I was like, "Fuck, this is like, this is where they need to be going. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is like," and I was like, "This is their next direction, surely." But could you imagine <laughs> that next album after "Out of Control"? Like, oh, the- of course, can. It, like. That tour, like, I just remember I got tickets for the Out of Control tour Christmas 2008, along with the photo-copied uh, fake album with the <laughs> stuff inside. And I just remember my mum, I knew I was getting the tickets at the time because I was sat next to her on the computer one morning. I was late to school because I was 
I knew I needed to get these tickets. And there were tickets to the bleachers, to be fair. But um, also, this is when concert tickets were like £30, which is bizarre. You paid £30 to go to a concert. You just wouldn't pay that now. No. Um, yeah. And I just always, like, the, the, the page just kept crashing. Like, the demand for them was so crazy. I think they ended up doing, like, four Newcastle shows here because it was just, the demand for them was just out of this world. And I, I just always think to myself, like, if this was to keep on going past out of control, where it could have taken them? Critical oh. success of the promise. I think like, that they had only just begun to tap into their potential and mm-hmm. stuff like something new and every now and then and even on the Metro, even though it wasn't a Xenomania track, but even on the Metro proved that showed what could have been mm-hmm. with that yeah. artist progression and oh. <sighs> It, it makes me so mad. But then I think at the same time, they did end on a high. That that yeah. tour, that whole era, they were everywhere. They were so big over here. And to just, I mean, I think with Cheryl being on the X Factor and then there was the rumours of Nadine having our own management at the time, I think it was inevitable that a, a break was coming. But I, I just always think to myself, if it was to have continued on, what I think they would have been able to break Europe and everything, honestly. It was just the potential was there. It makes me mad, but you know. <laughs> but oh, a lot of what ifs and yeah. It does make me mad. And like the visuals on Tentua when they did before the sexy no no no, the visuals there, I just always thought if their next era was this dark and gloomy and like songs like on the metro every now and then, I just like, oh my god. It was like the um like the I can't get my words out here, like the um the music at the time was very like electronic and dubstepy you know mm. with every now and then being like a big edm track i just thought that was the, the direction they were going in quite gothic yeah. dark yeah we killed for that girls loud their, their sound was so there is no other girl bands like them i know you get the girl bands these days like you know little mix they are incredible and amazing performers but it's at the same, it sounds weird, but they're so well put together. And Girls Club was so messy, yet so... <laughs> I, I don't know, it was just something about them. It's, yeah. it's just, they made messy look good. Their, yep. their outfits between like 2004 to 2007, they had a £100 Primark voucher in a dream. 100%, like, yeah. <laughs> like, but it, it, it's the reason why I love them. Right, like, right. No other girl band could get away with that. Well, let's talk about every now and then. Tell me what you the think about Ariana, because that's my favourite song of the girls <gasps> that they ever did. Ever? Ever. So the wow. first time the first time I heard Every Now and Then was when I decided I'm going to the UK and I'm going to this tour. <laughs> that was the turning point. It, it, it's so dark and gloomy. This is what I was meaning before when I said about this new direction I think they would have been going in. Mm-hmm. I could just see a full album of Every Now and Then with the visuals from the sort of uh, sexy no 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 uh, intro on the tenter, I could just yeah. see that working so well for them. And I, and I think Sarah, out of everyone, would have been an absolute element. She would have been fucking slaying that. Oh. The whole dark, gothic, right. extreme makeup, EDM. Because mm-hmm. at the time, because her boyfriend at the time produced the um, intro for the sexy no 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 on the tour, didn't he? The dubstep yes, yes. sort of thing. That, that and I could just. Track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could just see that working for them. And so every now and then, 
honestly, that song, the bridge, it's so... Gave you everything. Oh, my God. Huge, huge. It was just, like you said, it showed the direction of what we thought could have been the next step mm-hmm. if they decided to stay together and keep going. And it was huge and mighty, and it felt like Girls Aloud and Xenomania really triumphantly returning with something that, like, oh, you thought we didn't have it in us, did you? (laughs) Very that, listening to it the first time, just... And the Dean on that chorus, it's so powerful, the never, ever going back. It's just, it it grabs you in. Oh, it blows my mind. But you never hear any of them talking about it. I can never remember any of them talking about it every now and then. Obviously, the, the hype around On the Metro because Nicola was behind that track. They were all talking about On the Metro and how amazing it was. But no one ever seemed to touch on every now and then. And that kind of breaks my heart a bit. Same, same. Because I, I, was, I remember being a little bit sad when I realised that it wasn't going to be on the 10 tour. Because I had hoped that it would. And, of course, Beautiful Fool, because you love me, was on the tin tour and and call me maybe something new oh my god that i'm sorry but that cover was absolutely horrific and call me i'm so sorry which they couldn't even include on the dvd no it was totally pointless i think the interactions between like cheryl and kimberly were fun to watch but that was the only good thing that came out of that cover the rest was tragic. It took uh, the love and kind could have been in there. Long hot summer could have been in there. Every now and then could have been in there. That that would have went so well before something new. And that whole section of something kind of new, something new. It was the yes. same sort of sound. Oh, see, so they needed us working on. Yeah, we'd have been a solid executive director, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the next chair, but there won't be one. <laughs> that oh, makes hard. It was so beautiful seeing that photo of them. Oh my god! But this is this is what I was kind of happy about with this going ahead today. We could talk about that photo. Like it was so, it brought me so many feels because that's that is the first official photo of all four of them together. Was there anything from last year or when Sarah was ill or anything like? I don't think there was. No, I don't think so. Or even even the race for life. It was only Cheryl, Nadine, and Nicola. Right, because so Kimberly was elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it, it just warmed my heart, but it broke it at the same time. And I was just, because they all looked so good and it looked like girls love it. It was just, it it just didn't hit the same as what it should have done. It's awful. I I think they should do something like what Avra are doing and do like avatars. Oh, that would be amazing. That'd be amazing. But obviously I don't think any of them could ever do it again. And rightfully so. But I'm hoping for the 20th anniversary, we do get some sort of interaction with the fans. Or, or at least some exclusive merch with proceeds going towards the Christie or vinyl re-releases or something. Just to kind of... Because was it one of the interviews where they were talking about plans for the 20th anniversary before Sarah was diagnosed? And it just... Like, something was obviously going to happen and I just feel like it should still be honoured in memory of Sarah. I should have wanted that. I um, think so too. I, I think that they will do vinyl. I hope so. I, I have a feeling that they'll probably announce it maybe on the 20th. I'm not sure, but I reckon it'll mm-hmm. come at the end of the year. Favourite songs. Got them. Go for it. My number one favourite song, I don't know if this is controversial or not, Miss You Bow Wow. Oh, oh, oh I fucking love that song. I love it. Oh, gagged. The, the line where it's, uh, 
Then I slip into your girlfriend's jeans. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Missy mm-hmm. Bow Wow is just a top tier girls loud song for me. And the outro as well. Oh my god. That Amazing. outro is mwah, beautiful, Banging. beautiful. Banging. And those outfits and out of control too are probably my favourite tier outfits as well. They looked stunning. Yeah, the open outfits and when they took all the layers off and the gloves and the long oh my god. That yeah. <laughs> Another controversial opinion. That uh, I would take that to over Tangled Up. I can I can see what you mean because for me, obviously, because I got to go, ten's my favourite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but yeah yeah I can see exactly why you would pick that over Tangled Up. I just think the vocals, the choreo. Oh my god! The production. The mix. Oh. The <laughs> oh, it was. I want. I want that mastered. I want that on Spotify. I think that is such. A good mega mix, and it, it doesn't have any of their really biggest hits. It's all the kind of ones that kind of got away, you know, wake me up, um, no good advice. You know, I mean, they were big hits, but they're not the iconic ones, are they? I just thought it was just a great mixture of songs. I, I always go back and watch that mega mix whenever I get drunk and I have my friends around that mega mix goes on the television. I'm like, this is art. What is this? <laughs> oh, well. oh my god, upset. <laughs> Before I do wrap up and let you go, because this has been so much fun, I want to ask you, in the past episodes, do you reckon I've gotten anything wrong with any of my quote-unquote hot takes? Mm, no, because, I mean, nothing really springs to mind. If you maybe were to name good. some right now, I might have a good little debate with you. But right, you've right. not really said anything that has really made me go, oh, I don't agree with that. No. Okay, that's good to hear. But yeah, I think we're I think we're on the same page. I've I've not heard anything where I've really been like, no, that's that's not right. That is fucked up. But I mean, if you were to list some right now, which you could be a controversial opinion, I might beg to differ. Right, right. I'm not going to toy with fate. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan. Can you tell the lovely people at home where they can find you online? Oh. Of course. Well, my Twitter handle and Instagram handle is Ryan Mark with a C with an X on the end. And I also run a Cheryl Instagram page called Cheryl Daily, which has 15,000 followers. So if you want to give me a cheeky follow, then go ahead. I do try to post every day. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate thank you coming you. onto the podcast. It's been so much fun. I love fun. your podcast. You're an icon. Oh, stop, stop. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. So good. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right. Started. Can't wait. So nice. Lovely speaking to you too. Bye. Bye. And that's it, my friends. What an amazing discussion. Times two. Big thank you to both Hannah and Ryan for chatting with me this month. Hopefully, I can get them back on at some point in the future. Now, speaking of. By the very end of November, I will be releasing a massive anniversary fan special of the podcast where, a bit like this month's episode, I'll be chatting with fans like yourselves about your very special moments as fans of Girls Aloud. Whether that be concert experiences, meet and greet moments, or just talking about songs or events that made you feel some type of special way. And if you're up for it, I'd love to hear from you. Between November the 14th and November the 26th, I will be organising Zoom meetings with those of you interested in participating in this episode. Now, if you're in the UK, it would have to be morning your time because 
morning Australian time is a bit hard for me with my back. I'm especially looking for anybody who went to the Girls Greatest Hits tour, as I have not seen that as it technically wasn't released on DVD. I mean, it's just so weird they released the Chemistry Tour as the Greatest Hits Tour on DVD, but never actually got this one out. Anyway, I would love to chat to folks, and as I said, especially around that tour, the more detailed recollection of it that you have, the better, obviously. <laughs> if you'd like to participate, please shoot me an email on girlsaloudpodcast at gmail.com. That's girlsaloudpodcast at gmail.com. Get your expression of interest in before Friday the 11th of November and I'll line something up with you. That episode will be released on November the 30th, God willing, so there is obviously a deadline there that I'll have to meet. So if you're interested, shoot me an email and as I said, we'll take it from there. So the next episode will indeed be this fan celebration of the girls' 20th anniversary, but following that and into December for the girls' actual 20th, it's time to get tangled up. Oh, finally. I'm looking very forward to covering this album and that episode will drop on December the 16th. For more information on what's to come, please follow the podcast on social media at Aloud Podcast, all one word, and on both Twitter and Instagram. I also host a fortnightly radio show on Mixcloud called The Record Doctor, which you can check out by visiting www.therecorddoctor.com or by heading over to Mixcloud and going to The Record Doctor, or one word. I also co-host the Balkan Top 50 on The Record Doctor with my darling good friend Natalie once a month. Again, www.therecorddoctor.com and at BalkanTop50 on Instagram. And I also co-host the Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast called This Is Disco with another one of my darling good friends, the gorgeous Eliza Day. Check out the Minogue pod on socials by visiting at This Is Disco, or one word, on both Twitter and Instagram. Or alternatively, you can just visit therecorddoctor.com and follow whatever links you're after from there. There's also merch available at The Record Doctor's Threadless store, so you can check that out too via that website. Once again, a massive thank you to Hannah and Ryan for taking part in this month's episode, and a big thank you to all of you for tuning in and continuing your support. It means the absolute world to me, and I just can't thank you all enough. Now, very quickly before I go... I'm very into the idea of manifestation, and if you are a listener of Eliza and I's Minogue podcast, This Is Disco, you will understand why. So I would love it if all of you listening could join me and help me manifest some solo album interviews with any or all of the legendary ladies of Girls Aloud. I'm going to put it out there, and I'd particularly love to chat Insatiable with Nadine, Centre Stage with Kimberly. Cinderella's Eyes with Nicola, and, of course, that mammoth debut from Cheryl with Cheryl. Come on, friends and fellow Alouders, let's manifest and make all of this happen. And if you're someone that knows maybe how to make this happen, please get in touch. (laughs) Anyway, thank you once again. This is Adam Eve, the Record Doctor, signing off from the podcast until November the 30th. Bye. This is You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, a Girls Aloud commentary podcast from The Record Doctor.